Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce cost and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. netsuite.com strange. I'm Laura Norton, and this is One Strange Thing, the show where we search the nation's news archives for stories that can't quite be explained. Strangers, we have brought you some choice UFO stories in our time. But here, on the main feed, we've had few opportunities to tell you about people who claim to have had off-world experiences. These are an extension of the Hynek scale. If you'll recall, that's the classification system that created variations on the whole close encounter thing, of the first kind, of the second kind, etc. The most famous, of course, are close encounters of the third kind, because of that 1977 movie of the same name. Close encounters of the third kind involve actual sightings of alien beings, and they were once the be-all, end-all of Hynek's chart. But ufologists have added to and further elaborated upon his categories. For our purposes, the most important is what they call an extension of the Hynek scale. Close encounters of the fourth kind, or off-world experiences, more commonly known as alien abductions. Many of these off-world experiences are alleged by single individuals, and some of these folks claim to have dozens of trips under their belts. But every so often, a wider community is hit by a wave of incredible off-world reports. Such was the case in Massachusetts, back in September of 1969. Now collectively known as the Berkshire UFO incident, these saucer sightings and alleged abductions across small towns took place in a county in western Massachusetts. Now, if this sounds familiar to you, strangers, we think that you've probably been spending some quality time with the Unsolved Mysteries reboot on Netflix. One of their first new episodes covered this very event. It particularly featured the story of one family, the Reeds. Their off-world encounter in Berkshire County is perhaps the most synonymous with the September 1st, 1969 incident, so much so that many are unaware that 40-odd area residents 
also claimed UFO encounters that very same night. Some were fairly straightforward craft sightings. Others, well, we should probably start at the beginning, shouldn't we? So, our tale unfolds in a particularly lovely area of the country, Berkshire County and, unsurprisingly, the Berkshires. Per Marie Claire, the activity largely took place in a few towns in the southern portion of the county, Great Barrington, Sheffield, Stockbridge, and Egremont. It was the tail end of the summer, Labor Day, 1969, and everyone was enjoying themselves in exactly the ways that you might imagine. Games outside, lazy drives, or one last outing before the return to real life. Here's how the Berkshire Eagle tells it. In the town of Sheffield, the Reed family had just left their business, a little diner called the Village Green. Their house was located a town over in Great Barrington. According to Nine News, it was around 8.30 p.m. when Nancy Reed drove her two young sons and her mother on a route that included a covered bridge. It would shave some time off their trip. Her older son, Tom, who was nine back then, sat in the back seat with his six-year-old brother, Matt. Now, their grandmother never drove. She always rode up front in the passenger seat. Many years later, Tom told the Berkshire Eagle that Nancy Reed had moved her family to the Berkshires for, quote, a Rockwellian life. You know, quiet and picturesque, an existence that was fit for a calendar. Well, what Nancy and her family experienced that night was fit for a publication, certainly, but less Rockwell calendar and more pulp sci-fi than she might have been hoping for. As Tom recalled to the Berkshire Eagle, the family was just approaching the bridge when they spotted something very strange. Quote, a ball of light, like a cue ball, about four times the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. And it just hovered there, over the water, on the Great Barrington side of the bridge. But that was not all. Tom said that after a few moments, his family spotted, quote, a second ball of light, and finally, a huge object, the kind of craft, that was, quote, hovering over a nearby cornfield. He said it was roughly, quote, the shape of a turtle shell and at least 100 yards long. And then, suddenly, the air in the car felt different, like the pressure had shifted. According to the Knoxville News Sentinel, it was almost as if they were moving underwater. And then, well, they were enveloped by a bright light. After that, it's a little harder to explain. Reporting on the details has varied, so we'll give you the best overview that we can. As Tom Reed has explained to many outlets, he is not fond of the term alien abduction. Encounter is more his speed. According to The Independent, he does say, though, that his family lost a few hours of time after that light engulfed them. Though perhaps lost is not quite the right turn of phrase, because when people in other stories that we've told, like in our early episode, The Trucker, when they lose time, they generally can't remember anything. But over the years, Tom Reed has offered some details. Per the Berkshire Edge, he said that he recalled, quote, being taken aboard a tarnished circular looking vessel where an image of a willow tree was displayed. 
And 2015 coverage from the Boston Globe elaborates on the encounter even further. In that interview, Tom said the family, quote, found themselves in a giant room. Tom was, quote, brought to meet two strange ant-like figures, then placed in some sort of cage. Next thing, he was back in the car. But in other reports, Tom recalls only vague memories of being in a space much like, quote, an airplane hangar. One consistent detail is that when the family returned to their car, everything seemed normal, except for one detail. His grandmother was sitting in the driver's seat, and his mother was in the passenger seat. And remember, Tom's grandmother, she never drove. Much later, Tom would say that he and his brother had at least two other close encounters, predating the Berkshire incident by years. Eventually, they'd offer more reports of alien encounters that followed 1969 as well. But to be honest, strangers, there's enough on all of that for another episode. Maybe more. Because while the Reeds are certainly the best known of the Berkshire residents to have reported a UFO encounter that September night, they are hardly alone. Not by a long shot. Looking for creepy stories? Then we might have a podcast for you. And now, presenting Rattled and Shook. Rattled and Shook is a weekly podcast that features new scary stories every episode. Kind of like this. I would hear her say things to me inside my head. I couldn't get around him. I was trapped. The other guy started to get pretty agitated. He grabbed my grandfather's oxygen hose and he cut off his oxygen. Then I started thinking, well, you know, who would be hanging around in this nowhere forest, in this nowhere area? And that's when I started looking more closely. And that's when I noticed there were several shapes. And they were slowly working their way toward me as they were moving from tree to tree. New episodes of Rattled and Shook are out every Thursday. Listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. On September 1st, 1969, Melanie Kirchdorfer was just 12 years old. That same evening that the Reeds had their experience, her family had one of their own. The Radio Times reported that she'd been out by the lake in Great Barrington with her family when they saw, quote, a blinding white light and a craft coming from under the water in front of them. Per the Berkshire Eagle, Melanie's dad, well, he had a very twister-like reaction. He packed his family into the car, and he took right after that UFO, chasing it down the road. Melanie remembered that they, everyone but her dad, we imagine, were terrified, and they were screaming. They were screaming right up until the car was enveloped in a blinding light. And then, according to the Radio Times, Melanie found herself, quote, levitating through the air. The next thing that she knew, she was on that craft. She recalled, quote, I was in a room with just young people. They were like children, and they would disappear one by one. It's unclear how much time passed for Melanie, because the next thing that she remembered, she was back by the lake, by herself. No car, no family. She told interviewers that she had to make her way back home all alone. 
And then there's the story of Tommy Warner. According to the Radio Times, he was over at a friend's house when he heard a voice in his head. And that voice told him, You need to go home now. The babysitter who was watching all of the children, a woman named Debbie, was surprised when Tommy stood and told her that he had to leave because, quote, God's voice had told him so. Tommy ran from the home, and per the Radio Times, once he was outside, quote, he thought that he was flying, but Debbie said that he was running in one spot, not moving. When Tommy looked up into the sky, a huge spacecraft seemed to be hurtling toward him. Light was everywhere, and, quote, the air was sucked right out of him. That's what he remembers. But Debbie? She claims that she saw Tommy disappear. According to the Radio Times, the next thing that Tommy remembers was lying on the grass on the opposite side of the property from where he disappeared. Debbie estimated that Tommy had been gone for around seven minutes. One of the night's most interesting reports came from a woman named Jane Green. It's not that her sighting was the most dramatic. Rather, it's more about who she was in the community and who she is. Back in 1969, Jane was a highly respected business owner in Berkshire County. And per the Berkshire Eagle, Jane's family owned the local drugstore, and she was well-known in Great Barrington. Our point is, when Jane and her family were driving that evening and reported an incredible sight, her report might have been taken a little more seriously. Anyway, Jane said that a glaring light flooded their car, so much so that they hit the brakes and pulled over to the shoulder for safety. And then, quote, she watched as a large object rose silently into the air and darted over the mountains. Now in her 80s, Jane told Unsolved Mysteries, quote, I'll never forget it, even if I get Alzheimer's. Now, these are the most well-known accounts, though, as we said, plenty more came into the local radio station. Though many townsfolk across the county had either had experiences or knew someone that did, that did not mean that they were all taken seriously. In fact, many of them were treated as if they were liars or they'd lost their minds. According to the Berkshire Eagle, for many of those involved, quote, when they began relating their remarkably similar accounts, they were bullied, harassed, and ridiculed into silence. The Reed family, they moved away within the year, and Nancy had to give up her restaurant and her Rockwellian dream. And to this day, skeptics have pointed out that, despite many claims to sightings, almost no official records exist. According to the Knoxville News Sentinel, when Unsolved Mysteries covered the encounters, they did mention that there were no police records detailing the events of the night, which admittedly is odd, at least in our experience. As you might imagine, strangers, people do tend to call the authorities when giant spaceships appear. We also could not find any contemporary news coverage of the events, and that is also rather odd. Generally, when such a large-scale community event occurs, the local papers are buzzing for weeks. We've seen dozens of articles tracking a snake or a monkey, for goodness sake. But it's not just us. As Skeptoid noted, quote, A local historian went to the archives of the Berkshire Eagle, the county's newspaper, 
and searched the news for the next morning, plus a full month afterward. He found not a single printed word about any UFO story. All of our source material for this episode has come in the decades after the event itself. And perhaps that's why this UFO incident isn't more widely known. While the events are certainly fantastic, we don't see the on-the-record input in the news from the usual suspects, like agents from Project Blue Book, for instance. Of course, they officially shut down that project in December of 1969, so what they investigated and what they commented on in that short span may not necessarily match up. So, really, there's no way to verify what anyone said, no matter how arresting their claims might be. Well, there wouldn't be, except for one strange thing. Depending on your definition of verification, that is. Because at least one rather serious, if local, organization has officially declared the Berkshire UFO incident as, quote, historically significant and true. That came in February of 2015, when, per the Roswell Daily Record, quote, Debbie Opperman, director of the Great Barrington Historical Society and Museum, wrote that the society, quote, confirms that the Reed Offworld incident is historically significant and true and warrants induction into the GBHS collection. Now, you may be wondering, why did she do that? And the short answer is probably because of Tom Reed. That's because Tom, now in his late 50s, has been the most vocal public proponent for the recognition of these encounters. He's appeared at conferences, on television shows and in documentaries, written accounts, and, yes, shown up on Unsolved Mysteries. Now, there were other considerations. According to the Berkshire Eagle, the Historical Society's decision came after a, quote, six to three decision in favor of recognizing the event as historically significant and true, and noted it was based on the radio station's report, eyewitness accounts of people from Sheffield, Great Barrington, Stockbridge, and Egremont, who were said to have witnessed the object. One note of particular interest to us was that the Historical Society wrote that some of the witnesses had given, quote, testimony to the U.S. Air Force, which makes us wonder if Project Blue Book had in fact come knocking after all. The Eagle also notes that a polygraph was performed on Tom Reed, this was back in 2010, and that the results were, quote, 99.1% truthful. This information in total was enough to get the endorsement of the society. In 2015, Historical Society Director Debbie Opperman told the Boston Globe, quote, I know we're going to get a lot of backlash. We're going to get hammered. But we've given it an awful lot of thought, and based on the evidence we've been given... We believe this is a significant and true event. The Globe reported that the three dissenting members were, quote, strongly opposed to the decision. But that historical society's endorsement, it wasn't all that Tom Reed managed. That statement in hand, he also secured another feather for his cap, this time from the office of the governor of Massachusetts himself, which basically acknowledged that, yes, the Reed family had taken a ride in a spaceship. Then, 
Tom decided to have both of these items incorporated into a monument memorializing the event. He decided to erect it near the covered bridge where his family had their UFO encounter. Thanks to donors, Tom was able to arrange for what the Berkshire Eagle described as, quote, a 5,000-pound monument featuring a citation from Governor Charlie Baker recognizing, quote, the off-world incident of September 1st, 1969. That citation included a seal, the governor's signature, and some pretty impressive pomp and circumstance. Both the historical certification and the governor's letter seem primarily focused on the experience of the Reed family. All of that probably makes sense in context, considering that it was Tom who pursued more acknowledgement of the 1969 events. Once the monument was erected, though, it became a point of contention in the Berkshires. Tom was no longer a resident. He hadn't been for years. And perhaps that was part of it. But there were other concerns. It seemed that the placement of the monument was in and of itself an issue. Tom might have gotten a letter from the governor, but it did not authorize an actual structure. According to the Berkshire Eagle, The town had issued a formal warning within a month to say that the monument, all 5,000 pounds of it, had been placed on public land. Per the Leavenworth Times, it needed to be moved, quote, about 30 feet. No small task, but that was done. And then, well, the town said that it needed to be moved again, permanently, as in gone. As you might imagine, Tom was displeased. Per the Eagle, the town's argument was that the monument was still on public property, specifically, quote, the town's right-of-way easement. Tom argued that it belonged to a farmer who said they could use the land. Ultimately, though, the town won out and had the monument hauled off in 2019, much to the displeasure of UFO aficionados around the world and to many of the local witnesses. But there were some folks who were relieved, including the Massachusetts governor. Per WGBH, an official from the governor's office made an announcement in 2018 that Baker's endorsement had actually been, quote, issued in error. And even the Great Barrington Historical Society seemed more cautious by then. Their new director, Robert Kroll, told WGBH, quote, I think the Historical Society regrets that our words, or our decision, has been taken out of context. The article goes on to explain that he was not declaring the events insignificant from a historical perspective, but rather, quote, believed in retrospect it was a mistake to focus so much attention on one man, instead of everyone else who witnessed something inexplicable that night. The article implies that the original monument seemed, to some in town, a bit too much like a marker for the Reed family versus the 40-odd witnesses who'd claimed to have experiences that evening, some of whom Kroll said that he knew personally. Students, the son of a police chief, shop owners, he named a list of people whom he considered to be reliable. WGBH did speak to one of those witnesses, Tommy Warner, now a more adult Tom Warner, about the monument. He still lived in town, 
and he agreed that there should be a permanent marker. He told the outlet that, quote, forgetting that evening would be a mistake. Perhaps then it's good that Tom Reed, he was not easily dissuaded. When the giant monument was dismantled, Tom returned to the site in 2021 with a much smaller plaque, a seating area, and lighting. If you Google the attraction now, it comes up as the Tom Reed UFO Monument Park. It even has an Atlas Obscura entry. And there's been funding from everyone from Stevie Ray Vaughan's son to the TV show Ancient Aliens. According to Tom Reed, though, this park is hardly a money-making venture. He told the Boston Globe that he covers the upkeep himself, including the landscaping. We assume that the property ownership has been settled. So, strangers, we're left with an odd knot to unravel here. A historical society found the totality of information arresting enough to consider the event significant and true, and did find supporting documentation via the local radio station, but not through the more concrete means of police records or news reports. And there are many witnesses, some of who are more reluctant than others. As for physical proof, that's been more hard to come by. We did find one or two references to testing electromagnetic fields, but couldn't chase down the original sources. Tom Reed and his brother have claimed multiple encounters in the years since, but many of the other witnesses only cite the single event. If not a spaceship, then what? What happened to Tommy Warner? Did he disappear? What did Melanie's father chase down that road in the family car? And as for Jane Green, what rose into the sky and blinded her and forced her to pull over? As you might imagine, the usual theories did come up. Advanced human aircraft, military naturally, or maybe mass hysteria. Or perhaps people reshaping their own memories, years after the fact. Maybe without even understanding that that's what they'd done. We can't say, of course. Perhaps great hulking spacecrafts did rise over Berkshire County in 1969 and spirit its residents away, if only for a little while, to take them off-world just long enough so that they'd never feel quite fully on-world again. An experience that left them with a need to mark the occasion, to explain it, in the hopes that maybe, just maybe, the rest of us, we would understand. We hope you'll join us next time for another real-life story from the fine print of America's local papers. From the lives of regular people, just like you and me, except for one strange thing. We do want to take a moment to let you know about an event happening this summer that you might be interested in. It's called the True Crime and Paranormal Podcast Festival. It's taking place in Denver, Colorado from July 12th to the 14th. You can find details in the link in our show notes. Strangers. I've released my first book, and it's available everywhere now as an audiobook, hardcover, and ebook. I read the audio version myself. It's called Lay Them to Rest, and it's about John and Jane Doe's 
my years-long experience following forensic experts around the country and our efforts to solve the mysteries of a cold case. One Strange Thing is an independently produced podcast. To support the show and to hear more of the entirely true and enticingly peculiar, you now have three options to enjoy two extra bonus episodes a month. On Apple Premium and Supercast, you can get the bonus episodes delivered to your app of choice for just $2.99. And for $2 more a month on Patreon, you'll get more fun extras. There you'll find ad-free early releases of our regular episodes, two full-length bonus episodes, monthly giveaways, blog posts, and occasional live streams, all for $5 a month. We hope you'll check out one of these options and support the show. There's a link in our show notes. And if you enjoy One Strange Thing, please take a moment to leave us a great rating or review on your favorite podcast app. It really helps. Thank you.